Your biggest job, your responsibility right now, is to do all the things that lead to your healing. That, by the way, feels like a full-time job. So what do you do when those well-meaning, unhelpful people come along and make the process harder? What do you do when you look at your phone, see that name, and cringe? You have value, so you're allowed to have boundaries and not let just everyone in your inner circle. Let's talk about how today. Hey friend, welcome to the Grief to Great Day podcast. Do you feel like you're going crazy? Is the shower the only place for you to really cry? Are you surrounded by people, but you still feel all alone? Do you want to be the you you were before your loved one died, but you have no idea how to get there? I'm Steph Cabanis, Southern by choice, wife, turtle triathlete, Jesus follower, and fellow traveler in the journey of grief. I too struggled to breathe, questioned God and my faith, and thought I would never be happy again. But God took my brokenness and he turned it into a breakthrough. So if you're ready to understand how to navigate grief, lean into your faith, and take just one step towards healing, then bring your ugly cry, get into a comfortable place, even if that's your bed right now, and let the healing begin. Girl, there's hope for your future. Come on in the house and join me on the couch. I'm Steph, and this is Grief to Great Day. Thanks for being here. I hope you feel welcomed and, more importantly, heard through this podcast. Hello to everyone listening in Ireland, our spotlight country, and one of those places on my bucket list. And in the U.S., Illinois, you remain as the state with the most downloads this week. That's week two for you, Illinois. Grief to Great Day, it's downloaded in over 60 countries. And this tells me that grief is felt throughout the world. So please know that whatever country or state you are currently in, you are not alone as you walk through this thing called grief. I know there are new listeners each week. So if that's you, welcome. And if you hear me talk about Monica, her faith or her death, and you need some background, just go to my website, grief2greatday.com, and click on the book tab. What you're going to see is the book I wrote about her faith journey. It's entitled Dying to be Healed. Her faith journey through the last six months of her life were unreal, and her death changed me. She is the reason that you are listening to me today. You know, in this podcast, we talk about understanding grief. So you're not walking down a road that you are totally unprepared for. We talk about processing daily life, like how to get through the day when one of those milestones hits you. And we talk about growing your faith. It's the most important thing you can do right now. So if you're just starting your journey, please know that life will change. It won't always hurt like this. It's important for you to hear that often. Now, this is not to say that you'll stop missing your loved ones because you never will, but you will be able to breathe, to laugh, and to live again. I bet you never thought you could hurt like you do and still live. Grief is all-consuming, and we work so hard to function with the grief burden. In the beginning, it's as if we are carrying the weight of the world on our shoulders because it's that overwhelming. If that wasn't hard enough, we're expected to function 
as if our loss was nothing more than sadness. Our places of employment allow us the three days to a week of bereavement leave, and we're expected to come back as the same person we were before our loss. It's absurd. Our coworkers are great about sending cards and emailing, but they also have an expectation of normalcy when we return. Honestly, I'm not sure that people in our outer circle, like coworkers and acquaintances, fellow church members, would be okay to hang around us if they really knew what we had on our hearts and minds. Can you imagine sharing what you feel or your crazy thoughts with your coworkers? They might go running. Can you agree that the fake it till you make it mentality harms no one but us? It makes us say one thing and feel another. It makes us work hard to be something we yet aren't. In our grief journey, we will be around many people that really have no say in our lives, yet we change to keep them comfortable. When we are functioning with deep sorrow, we are doing everything to get through the day. We are putting all the work on us, and the last thing we need is to have unhelpful people around us. They come in as if they're helping you, but ultimately, they want you to help them. My friend April and I were going to Raleigh one day. It was a couple of years after Monica died, and I forgot to take the trash to the dump. So I lived in a rural enough place that there was no trash pickup. We were going to travel about 80 miles with trash in the car, and it was going to be warm that day. So it was kind of funny because I told her that I felt like I allowed a lot of people to dump on me. They allowed me to carry their garbage. Now, they felt better and lighter, but I was left with stinking trash. (laughs) These people think they know what we should do. They are the fixers, but are also the ones that don't have patience to listen to us. They tend to swoop in from time to time, and usually at the worst times, to tell you what you need to do. You can't share anything with them without a dissertation on how you are grieving wrong. It's really bizarre. When you're functioning with deep sorrow, please know that you are doing a great job. You are functioning. You are trying. Remember, you have value and you're allowed to prioritize your healing. Don't worry about being rude. Your objective right now is to do what you need to do to heal. And if that means keeping certain people out, then by all means, keep them out. Luke 12, 6-7 says, Are not five sparrows sold for two pennies, and not one of them is forgotten before God? Why, even the hairs of your head are numbered. Fear not, you are of more value than many sparrows. You are a chosen daughter of the king. So don't forget your value. I had a handful of people I wanted, or I should say needed, to keep out. Some were family members and some were co-workers. After a few encounters, I quickly realized that it was them or me. (laughs) Seriously, I could allow them into my grief, but the price I paid wasn't worth it. This was my journey. It was my boat. So I needed to be allowed to captain it. And as the quote says, I needed people who would help row and not drill holes in it. If you can't captain your own boat, you have got the wrong crew. I think generally people are trying to be helpful, but they just don't know how. 
our grief share alumni, that's what I call our core group from church now, <laughs> had lunch last week. And something that one of them said was so impressive and so Christ-like, I have to share it. She said that when someone says something unhelpful, she acknowledges that they don't know what it's like. And then she thanks God that they don't know what it's like. I too acknowledged that people didn't understand, but I can tell you that thanking God that they didn't understand never crossed my mind when I was going through grief. So how do you keep these people from entering your world right now? And how do you do it with love and not resentment, anger, or frustration? First, yes or no, without overthinking, trust your gut. In other words, trust God's leading on how these people are making you feel. Do you want to be around them or do you cringe at the idea of talking to them? Look, you're not a bad person if you don't want to be around certain people right now. Second, distance. And here comes a dirty word for many of us, boundaries. <laughs> Set these boundaries before they contact you again so you're ready. It's okay to say no. Let me say that again. It's okay to say no. You might not have used this word before, <laughs> so practice it. This doesn't have to be ugly or stern. It can be matter of fact. It can be a quick thanks, but I don't want to kind of thing. And do not feel like you have to explain yourself to them. You don't. Third, protect yourself. This is not weakness, but wisdom. Put yourself first. Instead of trying to please them or trying to be nice or not mean, you got to put your healing first. Don't make things harder for yourself to make things easier for others. Not during grief. You have permission to come first during grief. And so to recap, if this person is not helpful, don't overthink why you should be nice. Just don't let them into your grief right now. Second, create distance by setting boundaries. It's okay to say no. And third, you come first during grief. So don't make things harder on yourself to make things easier for others. This is your journey. You are the captain of your ship. Your journey works or the work of your journey this week is to picture yourself saying no instead of avoiding or ignoring those people. You have enough to handle. You don't need to waste energy hiding from others. You can always tell them that right now, you're focusing on your healing, and that involves a lot of rest. But thank you for your concern. This is actually one of those rewiring your brain things. You have to see yourself do it before you can make it a habit. So visualize as much as you need to in order to make this a habit. You are here today, and that tells me you are looking for help and support in your grief journey. It tells me that you're doing the work of grief, and I know that's not easy. If you're ready to take another brave step towards your healing, here are three resources. You can purchase the What to Do After the Loss of a Loved One workshop. I call it a workshop because I need you to understand there's work to be done. There are action steps towards your healing. If you're just starting your journey and you have no idea what to do, or if you feel stuck, this workshop will help guide and direct your steps. You're going to grow closer to God even when it's hard to pray. You'll work towards acceptance, even if that word makes you angry right now. 
and you are going to know what to expect in your healing process. You can also join the private Facebook group so you can be a part of a group of faith-filled women who get it and encourage each other in a way that those in the world cannot. See, when you're a part of the group and you welcome a new member, y'all, that's taking action, that's serving others. It's getting out of your pain, even for just a minute, to support and encourage someone else. And you can always visit mychurchopendoorchurch.com. Links to everything you need are in the show notes. Now, in the meantime, until we meet again, remember who holds your future and know that you are not alone and keep on coming back to the house, keep sitting on the couch and keep taking steps, however small, towards your healing. Thank you for being here today, for showing up. If this podcast has given you hope, encouragement, or helped you in any way, share it with a friend either in a text or on your social platforms. Also, please subscribe, rate, and leave a written review on iTunes. It's a huge blessing for me to know that you're out there. Lastly, and this is important, you are not alone. Connect with me on the Grief to Great Day website, the link is below, and sign up for our free newsletters. I want to be able to pray for you by name. Remember, grief isn't something you're going to get over, but a great day is something you can get to.